It's an X-Men overload. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it? You've got your immortal, you've got your unlimited, and you've got your proper X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm the X-Men. No, you're not. I am the X-Men. Don't say that Cyclops <laughs> BS in my face. Man was right. Hey, hey, what do we got going on? What do we got going on today? Oh, well, we kind of already went over it, but X-Men, we'll, X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> we'll say it again. We're only going to talk about half of the comics. We're doing a little part today. one, part two. This is part one. So This is the X-Men episode. If you if you didn't already get that information. How many times can I say X-Men in the first minute and a half of this episode? Okay. X-Men. Let me talk now. I'm going to say X-Men a few times for you, okay? Sure. We're going to talk about X-Men Unlimited. X-Men. We're going to talk about X-Men number 12. X-Men. And Immortal X-Men number 3. X-Men. Yes. Hey, but I got some news. Oh, but first there's news. There's actually, I, I was coming into this episode, like, I don't even have any news. But then I did some I did some review. I did some reflection. Oh. And there's a little bit of news. There's a little bit of news. Okay, what do we got? There's an article on Marvel.com about Mystique and Destiny's relationship. Oh, Pulling out the key points, the key moments, in case you wanted to know one of the greatest mutant love stories of all time. Of all time. Because, oh my God, that was amazing. We'll talk about it when we get to it, but oh my God. Oh my God. Indeed. Oh my God, indeed. AXE. Yes. little update on our crossover experience. Okay. It's coming. And the Eternals are bringing some new firepower. They have unleashed some additional allies, some new ones we've never seen before. The Hex, but also Uranus, the Undying, rises in AXE, Judgment Day number one. Oh my. They're really upping the stakes on this. They they didn't come to play. No, they're here. Or I guess they did come to play. And destroy at the same time. I don't know the proper use of that phrase. What are you guys doing? In this context? Eternals. We got two reveals and a pre-order that went up for Marvel Legends. Oh, snap. It was the Mystique VHS box. Oh, with the baby. With the baby Kurt. With the baby she's going to just throw in the river. (laughs) Why? Honestly. Why do we include that? It's what motivated me to want it. Why are we highlighting that moment? I love, I have the Walgreens exclusive Mystique. I actually have one on the shelf and one in box. But honestly, I think I want this VHS, even though I I still don't really know what I'm doing with these. Why are you saying that hesitantly? Like I didn't expect you were already purchasing it. I mean, I just, I just like to clear it out. You know, I just like (laughs) to make sure we all know what we know. We know. And we're good. We know. But the other reveal apocalypse oh a a big animated style coloring not the cell shaded like the rest of the vhs boxes in a retro card apocalypse. oh oh so not in a not in a vhs box which i thought was an interesting choice especially with what they've been putting out for the vhs series do you think it's do you think it's because he would be larger than what would fit probably i mean at least sinister is coming in a double-sized box or at least a, a larger box because of his cape. size yeah because of his cape basically and apocalypse himself should be larger than sinister should be is 
especially, you know, you look at it's it's basically a repaint of the Build-A-Figure with some new deco, some new ads to the molding, some details that make it very true to the animated series and a little blaster rifle for the side. Oh, obviously, I got that, too. Obviously. Hey, Doctor Strange is out on Disney Plus. Yo. Have we watched it yet? Not no. yet. Not yet. We're Not waiting. Yet. We're waiting. We're still catching up. We had Obi-Wan last night. Yeah. Obi-Wan. <laughs> we have Miss Marvel tonight after we record this, I hope. I hope. I hope. And then maybe maybe Doctor Strange at some point. But But we're also rewatching all of Stranger Things before the final yeah. installment. And we've got, you know. A chunk of that left. Yeah, yeah. And we started into the Star Wars universe again as a whole. Because we need to watch all those movies too. Because we got loads of free time. No, we don't. We, <laughs> we really don't. There was an interesting conversation PJ had posed. Uh, who would win in a fight between Dark Phoenix and Darkhold Wanda? So we had a... I, I, oh. I shared that in the story with a little voting poll. I mean, my vote goes to Darkhold Wanda. Ooh, okay, okay. You are in the minority. Just so well, you know. obviously, I'm normally in the minority when it comes <laughs> to these types of things. I mean, I, I think big picture, it depends on who's writing it and what they want to do with it. Because you have a arcane historical power wielded by this nexus being versus a cosmic force wielded by an Omega-level mutant. So hard to just say fast and loose yeah. who wins flat out. It's it's really just, you know, and, and then there is precedent of Wanda and Hope combining in AVX to say no more Phoenix, which you don't oh. know. You don't know that. Why? So many things just blew up in my brain. <laughs> but I, I, I think I do agree just because the sheer power of the Phoenix. But Wanda... Is a reality manipulator. Sure. So. I mean, but Phoenix creates and destroys life. Reality. No, I see your face and I understand. I, you know, she can make you have no mouth or turn into spaghetti. As we've seen in Doctor Strange. <laughs> the, the Marvel Legends box. I've seen so many iterations of it. Oh, of yeah. Just Mr. Fantastic coming to the MCU and it's just strings I in a box. I thought It's amazing. PJ had posted a um, something about that, and I just replied to his story, and I was like, savage. Yeah. So good. There was something that came up last week. I think it was after we had recorded, but Wonder Man has been rumored to be getting his own series in the MCU. Oh, Disney great. Plus. I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't know Wonder Man? No. Well, you would be happy to know that he is great friends with Beast. Oh, I would be happy to know that? That's interesting to know that I'd be happy to know that. On their time on the Avengers together, they were the best of buds. It's just an interesting connection that may then further lead into our bouncing blue baby boy. I see. And the X-Men in general. Right, 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 right. I mean, we already mentioned there's going to be a second episode. We're likely going to record it tomorrow, so hopefully it'll be up early this weekend, depending on what else is going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but I, we'll figure it out. I put it as a point, but I don't know that I want to talk about it. It, it just says Gambit because oh. I don't want to get into it. We're not talking about Knights of X today. <sighs> and and maybe this is just because the, the Gambit and Storm miniseries, you know, because there were preview art pages that came out to show and get excited about that classic Gambit because who knows what's in store for Gambit. I, and I'll leave it at that. Mm. No, no, I was I was furious. Um and especially on a, on a book that is already so divisive. 
I shall say nothing because if I begin to speak, it will derail us from this episode. It'll be all we talk about. And I shall save my thoughts for tomorrow's episode. Let them fester and grow. So tomorrow we'll be talking about Knights of X, New Mutants, Iceman, and some Pride stories from the Marvel Voices Pride issue that involve our Merry Mutants. But today... Today, we're kicking it off with X-Men Unlimited number 40. Oh, you mean Emma was right. <laughs> yeah, right. Break out the t-shirt. Everybody, we have it. you got your shirt? You T-public. need a new one? Emma was right. Emma was right. Go get yourself one. Because Be- what? Because Emma, Emma, get it, get it. Emma, Emma. <sighs> Just the smug look on her face after she was done reading it and throws the phone onto the couch. Oh, oh, so what? So what happened? So what was that about? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, we're diving straight in. And here's the thing. I think I just don't enjoy the voice this, you know, let me let me start by saying every creator, every writer, every artist interprets the characters in their own way. I do not think I enjoy how this writer interprets Emma Frost because just the sheer like the opening of the issue Meanie is attacking Emma and her argument is like, I'm insured and my insurance company is going to come after you for destroying me. I mean, that tracks for Emma's personality over longevity. She is very much so in her ego of herself and and also covering her bases. I think I think it was uh, even the first couple issues of New X-Men where she was telling that cab driver about just how much she's worth or just how like how she is not what he assumes she is okay i i mean i understand what you're saying i agree with what you're saying i just don't like the i i didn't enjoy the context of how it was put in here i felt like it was that's in my understanding of emma in my interpretation of emma that is something that she would say in like a sassy remark to someone in a negotiation or a conversation, not an in-the-moment heat of the battle, like... I mean, at the same time, you look at the threat, right? You have a bug trying to chew through diamond. Is she really feeling threatened at this moment? Or is she like, hey, bug, get out of here? I guess. You can't even do anything, and even if you could, I've got bankers ensuring everything that you could ever possibly do to my diamond form. All right, well, I still don't like it. Heard. But Banshee saves the day before Maggot can actually sacrifice himself the way that he wants to, to give himself to the giant Eni. Yeah, he. I think he wanted a little bit more of a negotiation or an understanding or like, hey, Eni, I'm here, let's be friends. Less so a sacrifice, but... I don't know, close your eyes now, girls. I'm here, I'm right here. As if he's trying to be strong for the small Eni and Meanie as he stands up to this monster Eni. Yes, but I think he was coming at it in a place of saying, hey, I'm going to approach Eni because Eni understands me and I'm the reason that Eni's here, so let me talk her down. Maybe. I don't think he intended to be eaten. I think differently, but hey, that's what reading gets you. Mm-hmm. We got the cameo brigade as we have in the past issues of this story. Banshee, Chamber, Magma, Wolverine. You don't bench Wolverine. No. You don't tell me to sit back and babysit your bugs. She's the only one with an X-Men card, as she says. Right, right, right. 
I'm a card-carrying X-Men. Come on, you can't just tell me what's going on. But in the end, she did have a pretty big role to play. Well, she does what is not willing to be done before. You know, she mm-hmm. she does the the sacrifice or or at least the the conscious altering move. Her claws are bone again, which I thought was an interesting detail. We can't keep it straight. I, that's a problem. <laughs> that's that's just a continuity problem. And then, so Maggot is digested, ingested, thrown into the gullet, and down into the insides of the giant meanie, and somehow is able to absorb from the inside all of that energy, all of that power. Well, I think because Wolverine kills the other Eni, and thus... This destroying becomes... that bond of because what he was saying what maggot was saying earlier in the issue is that this eni can't have all the energy she's absorbing be absorbed into maggot because second eni is in the way of that mm-hmm. that she has the connection right so once she's dead then boom there you go which is interesting that it would go to the second one even though it was likely still connecting the original Eni with the new maggot. I'm going to say it has something to do with the resurrection and the brain. Like when you brought back, yeah. I don't know. It's science. It's it's magic. It's comic. It's there. I want to point out this Green Lagoon wannabe. Like, what is this? We got picnic tables and just a a vague green pasture. This is not the Green Lagoon. I have a picture showing me what the Green Lagoon is. This (laughs) is not the Green Lagoon. I don't know what this is. It's Maybe like it's a, that it's the, the mess hall outdoor patio of the Green Lagoon. Into it, you know, that's the entrance into the Green Lagoon right yeah, there. Yeah, right sure, there. sure. It's interesting now the the feelings going between Japheth and Laura and just how he feels about her because she made that sacrifice. And I love I love this conversation between Emma and Laura. Mm-hmm. Remorse is perfectly natural. It what separates you from creatures like Creed. But the ability to make hard choices is what separates X-Men from Kirkoans. You're the best you are at what you do, Laura. Never forget that. But sure. what I do is not very nice. And just the downtrodden look look down. I, I love this ending. It mm-hmm. just frames the whole thing and just and really speaks to her character. It's interesting because it kind of makes it feel like it's a little bit more of a Wolverine story than we thought it was in the beginning. Sure, right. Yeah. I mean, it's still definitely much. You got Maggot oh, yeah, having sure. something. Wolverine takes that second spot away even from Emma, knowing yeah. that Emma had the right play all along. Just she wasn't. I think there's a distinction between wanting to do it from the beginning and, and wanting to be that mediator negotiator between, you know, the. OK, however, if Emma was able to do it when she wanted to, all of the things and all of the people that Eni ate and destroyed on her way to Krakoa would not have suffered, and all of the things, the damage that happened to Krakoa would not have happened. Irrelevant. We'll resurrect them all. You're going to go resurrect all the humans that Eni ate? Oh, no. No, they're dead. Okay, then. <laughs> Who cares? They're flat scans. Get them out of here. I'm just saying a lot of destruction could have been, you know, avoided. It's true. It's true. You know, we, we could all hope to listen to the wise sage wisdom of Emma Frost. It's true. <laughs> Emma was right. Emma was right. Get your t-shirts. Get your bags. Get your pins and your magnets. You can get it all at tpublic.com slash the XY podcast. This final issue of our Eenie and Meenie and Maggot story 
was written by Alex Pacnadel, pencils and inks by Julian Shaw, colors by Dono Sanchez Almara, and letters by Joe Sabino. V.C.'s Joe Sabino. Joe Sabino. I wonder if one day Joe Sabino will ever hear what we say of his name. Or shall we... No, we, we don't have the time, but if we ever went through and made a compilation of the Joe Sabino songs... Just the way I sing to him the way you every sing time. his name over and over. Speaking of card-carrying X-Men... Oh. We are on to... I don't. I don't want to call this the final issue of X Men because Feels it's pretty not. Final to me. It's not. It's the final issue of this arc, right? You know, it's like season one of the X Men. I don't know if you saw. I had totally forgotten about this until the comic book club on Instagram pointed it out. The trading card variant for issue twelve, group photo. Group photo. I just. I love this cover. I, I'm so glad that I stuck with these trading card variants throughout the entire run. I have all of them. It's the First time this has ever happened that I have. Yeah, no, it's a problem. This title, this series is likely the most variant covers I've ever gotten for anything. And they're going to all go in a box together and never see the light of day again. Who knows? I might do something with them. Why would you say that? I don't know. Just to razz you? Yeah. Razzing complete. (laughs) What about this main cover? I think it's great. Hanging in the treehouse. Looking strong. Looking proud. Yeah. Being a team. Yeah, I absolutely love it. it. It's honestly, it's really not fair to other titles that X-Men have Pepe and Marta on the cover. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be amazing every time, regardless of whatever they do. Yeah, it's and true. this delivers on that. because They're literally just standing there. And I want this as a poster. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. Shall we? Yeah. Page turn noise. Dr. Sinister immediately thrown back into where we left off with quite an interesting conversation that takes place here yeah who is the original sinister who is the puppet master well i do think it's interesting we were questioning why a different symbol on the forehead yeah and you know maybe that's the og symbol I don't know, because especially with what we saw in Immortal X-Men so long ago, meeting with Destiny and having the diamond on his head. Mm. And I believe that was in England. Yeah, you're right. And so was this split already way back then, 100 years ago? Was this Dr. Nathaniel Essex created back then? I don't know. How is he still alive? Eugenics? Just cloning? Replication? Well, he can't Science. be the OG if he's continuing to clone himself. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's he's saying that he's derived from the OG or like even Cyclops calling him out. Your hypocrisy on resurrection is reincarnation is breathtaking. I've been right here since I arrived from England and helped found this place. The fact that it's later revealed that the evil part of New Jersey is Essex, Essex. County. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, that's why they never said it, though. Right, 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 because then that's a giveaway. Because if they called it Essex County, you would know. So, so instead, they had to call it a particularly evil part of New Jersey. Because it was formed from and has been curated by Dr. Stasis himself. evil right. Version kind of Sinister. Of man. Right. So uh, did he come over on the Mayflower? You know, I don't know. He's a pilgrim. I think Sinister is a colonizer. <laughs> That's true. But he's he gets away. Yeah, he gets away because he's got layers of planning. 
He's got bombs on bombs on fireballs on bombs. This sinister doesn't mess around. He's rigged the entire town with explosives and creates a diversion separating him from Sink and Cyclops. And then he's going to go burn his whole house down. Now, who's this little baby in the picture? I don't know. Who is he going to fix what's broken in? Is that, you know, especially with the... The old styling, is this the original Nathaniel Essex? Is this why he is so hell-bent on creating new and, and better forms? Is this who he was originally? I don't know. Or is it a child of his who that's the whole motivation to end mutant kind because he had a he had a child that was born a mutant? Is this a, what's his name? From the, the, mm. Striker. Yeah, that's. I wanted to be cool and make the reference, but Sorry. I sort of did. No, it's okay. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I just wish I could have remembered. Yeah, well, this is like next level Alexa, as he has the computer burn down his house and eliminate all the evidence. At least he says goodbye. Yeah, he's I nice. love this bottom panel of just him walking out of the flaming doorway. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this firmly establishes Dr. Stasis as a huge threat. We have no idea how long he's been alive, how long he's been building. Huge. It's a title page. Stasis Disrupted. Controlled Demolition. Written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Pepe Larraz. Color art by Marte Gracia. Letters by Clayton Coles. VC's Clayton Coles. Ah, Clayton. Oh, let's talk about this Wolverine versus Gene shot. Oh, the shot I'm here for. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, I love this. This was a preview art panel it's from X-Men so Monday cool. this week. So amazing. Just spectacular action shots with Wolverine throughout as we get a recap of the X-Men's plan. Flexing those powers, Jean Grey, telekinetically picking up how many tiny spores, we don't know, while telepathically manipulating essentially a hive mind to view things that aren't happening Mm -hmm. you're upset i just i think that it's very cool that gene could do all of that and i think that it's great you know that the ex ladies didn't just get their butts kicked immediately sure but i do have a twingy feeling when it comes to the it was all a dream kind of a you know ending or a twist in a story so i mean laura was manipulated she was taken over by cordyceps Yes, but then Jean pulled the spores out of her and none of the other stuff actually happened. Yeah, it seemed as though nothing actually happened to Rogue. Polaris was not manipulated as well because she seemed fine or she recovered very quickly. No, she she does not seem to be manipulated at all. I do like that he said, flark me. Yeah, that's my favorite word. He's so gross and ridiculous. I, I really did like him as a big bad We've been building to this for a while, and it it doesn't disappoint, but at the same time, it kind of does. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like he has been the the season one main or one of the season one main villains, right? Mm-hmm. You have the other two who are now a part of Orcus, and it just feels like he's wrapped up very quickly. It, it is a testament to the lady's power, but I don't know. I just felt like there could have been more. Could have been another issue in here. Yeah. But there is a lot of stories to tell. Sure, sure, yeah. And, and I'm excited about the speed that issues are going now. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is, I was talking to, I believe it was Comic Extracts that pointed out just 
everything that's happening right now with the different stories, this is the Krakoa that I wanted after Huxbox. This mm-hmm. is the energy of like everybody's firing on all sin- cylinders. On all, all sinisters. <laughs> they are though. Yeah. I love this page where Rogue comes up to Jean and and gets her power, kisses her cheek. Kisses her little kiss. Have you seen the meme where it's it's Rogue with like the communist logo? It's our powers now, sugar. (laughs) Like that's all I could think of when I see this. Is just no, we are Omega level mutants now, sugar. Mm -hmm. And then Doctor Polaris, in case you forgot. In case you forgot, she's you know. Finished her degree. Right, right. You know, the the character development of her arc. We got metal claws in this issue. Right. That's what I'm saying. She doesn't die here. No. It's a great combo move. I'm absolutely loving seeing this team in action together. And I'm upset by how many will be leaving the roster. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I'm kind of, you know, back and forth. Rogue hasn't really had many moments to shine mm-hmm. other than that one issue where Destiny was there and her and Gambit were together. And oh, Gambit. Stop it. Yeah, prison? A prison? Yeah, let's make a giant ball prison out of metal and put an X on it. Not just metal, the stripper slot machine robots. <laughs> well, good riddance to them. Right, they were weird. They got to go. Mojo's referenced here. His interest was referenced a couple of issues ago. I think last issue, mm-hmm. just that he wanted to be running Game World. That That was his plan. I do also think that this issue really shows off Polaris's strength, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it shows off all of them, but it really highlights Jean and Polaris. Yeah, and especially their ability to work together as a team. Mm-hmm. At least Polaris still really did get this new dress, though. Yeah, At she least did. that's yeah. real. That wasn't a manipulation. That wasn't fake. And I liked her lines about, I haven't even kissed or slapped a, a cute guy. You know? Yeah. I thought being an X-Men was going to be fun. Yeah. Just think about the number of lives they've just saved. Well, you know, it is brought up about wanting to, Jean wanting to save more lives than she killed, right? Save more lives than the Phoenix killed as Jean. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It wasn't Jean. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I'd still argue. I don't want to bring that up. (laughs) There was still some manipulation by the Phoenix, and that was the point that I was making a couple of issues ago. Jean did not decide to take a nap in the river on her own, <laughs> Jamaica Bay. But this is a huge political impact. The intergalactic clout that they have just established by saving all of these people and, and all of the different worlds that they are connected to. Yeah, and the way that they're like, you're cool to do whatever you want as long as it's not evil because the X-Men are watching yeah, you. Yeah, we are watching. We are... Not just heroes of Earth, we are heroes of space. We got we got a we got our rogue moment. Yeah. She was the only one who was left, right? I believe so, yeah. And a little bit more context on genes too, right? It's kind of leading into each other. Rogue's argument for being on the X-Men was nobody's saving nothing without me. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that tracks. I feel like that was a a, a concept that started out really strong at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then just slowly was like, I don't mind. I'm not going to write a whole speech for everyone. Yeah. You get one line. Oh, uh, Yurik. Oh, Benjamin. The revelation. Hey, yeah, Ben, we have solved for death. Uh, and we wiped it from your mind. I do love Ben's integrity, though. Yeah. You know? Okay, you gave me my notebook. Okay, you gave me the story. Do not put 
words in my head. Right. I want to write this story as it is now. I want to stay true to how I'm feeling in this moment. And and the fact that you have made right by what happened, you admitted to a mistake. What is this pink flashback situation? I wish I knew. I, I tried to look it up. I could not find. This is a perfect time for an editor's note. To right. say, oh, yeah, this happened in Daredevil, what, what, what? Yeah. This is not the first time I've forgotten a story. And then there's just, like, choking happening. And yeah. we don't know what's going on. I don't. I don't. Do you? Do you all know? Tell us. Please tell us. I love Ben's perspective here as he has this new take on the mutant story. Is this a turn back to feared and hated? You know, the way that the world will react to this new technology that they have that's only for mutants as cyclops says which mm-hmm. i feel like you know questionable yeah. as we go forward you know is it feared and hated or is it just envied and jealous of but i think envy sparks fear and sparks sparks hatred like that's you talking where... about the dark side what fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate <laughs> leads to suffering i don't know what you're talking about i've been watching any star wars haha <laughs> But this is it. This is how Cyclops can be at the gala. There you go. Yeah. Your your moment has happened. And it's publicly announced to the world. So it's not something that happens at the gala, which I thought right. it would be. No, there's going to be plenty of other things. There's that a lot at the going gala. into the gala. And, and honestly, I think having the fallout happen at the gala mm. and or happen in the next issue or so, because I don't know, timeline wise, is the gala issue coming out before the next X-Men issue, before the next Immortal X-Men issue? I think so, because the gala issue comes out in three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yikes. Let's talk about these newspaper articles. They've conquered death. I love the acknowledgement of the fact that superheroes never played by death's rules Mm -hmm. in the exclusive article. Spider-Man is a mutant. Yeah, what's that about? It's always been a back and forth. He is considered a mutate because it was something added to his genome. And then also there was the whole House of M where he was posing as a mutant and then ostracized when revealed to not be. I just feel like that's an interesting thing to put in there with the way that Spider-Man is interweaving into weaving his web into the X-Men. Yeah, it's a little heavy handed, but Mm -hmm. I'm here for it because I'm reading Spider-Man and I'm loving it. The last two issues especially. Mm Mm-hmm. Wait, where where do you think each of these, what's going on with these panels? What do you think these are about? Well, definitely reincarnation with the nod to the Buddha statue. And mm-hmm. the fact that that's what the X-Men have essentially solved for or are able to do. I think that's really cool. And just trying to get ahead of the jealousy that humans will feel. Who knows what's next for public opinion on the mutants? Which is a really cool and interesting place to be. It's it's exciting. It's, it's unknown. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of... Things to explore, especially as we go into Judgment Day and beyond with whatever else is the next arc for X-Men. And I don't have a reason for it, but I do think it is very interesting that the title of the article is Immortal X-Men. And then we're seeing the stained glass window of The Last Supper, which ties into the Immortal X-Men image of The Last Supper. So I feel like... What is that about? Well, I mean, early on in the Krakoan era, there were those groups that would worship mutants as gods mm. that will likely just explode. Oh, and, yeah. And the idea of how to make humans mutants 
is going to increase tenfold. Oh, because if mutants can live forever, then you want to be a mutant. Right. I'll just take, I'll just steal your genes and put them into myself and say, hey, Chuck. What's up? I'm sinister. Yeah. Scan my mind. You've got sinister on file. You can't do that for me. Mm hmm. These last few pages, I like them. But I did feel like it was a really quick, like, all right, time to wrap up everybody's story. Where are we at now? It's like a yearbook where you're saying, like, hope you have a nice summer. I'll see you at. Keep in touch. Yeah, 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 right. It's their graduation plans, Mm -hmm. you know? And and plus, it also is the epitome of this as a title. We're fighting Mole Man, who is not an X Men villain. (laughs) And we're just awesome team drop-in shot because that is Pepe Amarta's wheelhouse mm-hmm. here for it. The fact that we're in Madrid, this is Pepe's hometown and he wrote about it in an Instagram post getting to end this team's run where he grew up. Even the specific location in the last shot was something that he called out. So oh, that was cool. really interesting. Yeah. But Cyclops thinks he's going to be benched. You can't. He is the X-Men. Ugh. How can you have an X-Men without the X-Men? Well, at the same point, time you can understand why people would want to be like cyclops you need to take a seat sure you just went ahead and revealed something really big we didn't talk about you doing right so whoa yeah war captain just started a war he's not the war captain anymore he is a war captain he's not the captain commander okay (laughs) you're right no i concede don't say i know when i'm giving you props for being right there's not a whole lot of specifics on where each member's going. They're just not staying here. Yeah, so Rogue is like Some... making reference to... <laughs> I think it's Gambit, yeah. Walking through a gate and never returning. I think that's specifically about the Siege Perilous. Is it all mutants or just those mutants on the quest? I, I don't know. know. I'm I don't not, know. I can't. I, I'm not in the right place. I can't. My, my head is not okay. With My heart is not okay. I my think it's going to be taken back. Okay. Honestly, I think it's going to be taken back. Gambit's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's it's gonna be fine. Mm, everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. So Wolverine, she's out. Yeah. Well, and also Sunfire just re re upping on his next plot in service of Araco, which I think yep. is cool. I'm not sure where that would take place in. Maybe in X Men Red. Maybe or... he's going to the Brotherhood. Yeah, I'm into he that. Be on the Brotherhood. But it's kind of like a weird in between of the fact that Red Root is in. Otherworld. Oh, right. And the connection to Araco. So where What's does, gonna this, happen? does this story start in X-Men, go to Red, and then go to Knights of X? I don't know. And what's Jean doing? She's staying? She's staying. She's staying. Cyclops is unsure. Sink is no, like... Cyclops is staying. He just doesn't think that he'll be able to lead or if he's going to be kicked out of the team in general. But you can't bench Cyclops. You can't bench Captain Krakoa. He's not Captain Krakoa anymore. Yeah, he he dropped that quick. It's done. The article's published. I'm not Sink putting that staying. stupid face on. Yeah, it's these three. This is now your new core that we'll build around. And I do like the fact that all of the covers that we've seen so far only feature these three. Mm, no spoilers. Right. And the fact that we're how many weeks out and we have no idea who won the vote or who else is on the team. That's good. Marvel learned from the outcries of everyone. Don't spoil it, Marvel. But anyway, we're wrapping up the battle with some epic shots. Justin's new phone screensaver. Plaza de Cayo in Madrid, which Pepe gave a shout out to. And also Krypton Trooper pointed out on Instagram, 
which is such a cool connection point. Yeah, it is really cool. But also, yes, this has now replaced my lock screen from the image of the X-Men being announced, which I thought was kind of a start to finish. Nice, nice end bookends. And that single line of dialogue. Cyclops was right. Cyclops was right. Scott Summers was right. But wait. But wait. There's still another page. Because we have, of our three threats introduced in issue one, two are still alive and kicking and have added into a much larger one. And they're buddy-buddy. Yeah. I just love the fact that Modoc and Phalong are hanging out. They're just, just chill- hanging out chilling on the, the Orcus substation. Yeah. Is that where they are? Phobos, yeah. Phobos. Mars's moon. They're on the moon. And like we can't call him sinister because he's not sinister, he's Nathaniel. Yeah, club face. <laughs> club face. Well, the fact that they all know who he is—he's not even wearing a mask. He didn't them. even try to hide it. Right. I, I assume that they've seen him without a mask. They must, because they're not reacting. Right. The science checked out on the samples. I'm not sure what that's in reference to, but it seems to be setting up something for the gala, especially with our secret guest, Moira. M. Right. Yeah, Moira. Moira. <laughs> Moira in slash MJ. Mary Jane's outfit, a.k.a. Which, skin. Which doesn't make sense. I, mean, I guess that that's what the six-month time jump is for Amazing Spider-Man, which you don't know. There's a six-month time jump in Amazing Spider-Man, and maybe that's how they separate it, and maybe that's even how Dark Web happens later on. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. Judgment. Judgment is coming. Exciting stuff. What'd you think? Big picture. Big picture, I thought it was a really good issue. You know, there were things, really just the, I think the intensity of the last issue and then to have it say, oh, but that wasn't real. That was kind of a downer for me. Sure. And I agree with what you said about how it felt like of all the giant threats, Game World was kind of wrapped up and like put in a nice little box. But I also think that he he wasn't dead. Sure, no, like, he was in prison. He's imprisoned, and they kind of left that prison on display. So there's a chance it could come back into play, but also you have to close out some of those threats in oh, order yeah, yeah. to move the story forward. So you Otherwise, know. it's X-Force, where everything's just juggling for 20-something issues, which I love X-Force, don't get me wrong. This felt like a finale in the best way, like yes, a great definitely. send-off to this team. Too early, if you ask me. And, and really, with only one of our major plots from the beginning wrapped up, two if you count Ben Yurick, I did love this issue, though. I almost moved it to the top spot just because of how great it felt for closure on the story and what's been building. All these solid standout moments for the ex-ladies, great intrigue into stasis and what the Orcus team is plotting, but also just Immortal X-Men brought that fire. So mm, yeah, not going to not going to take that away. Who are you most upset to see leaving the X-Men team? Uh, out of of rogue wolverine polaris and sunfire those are those are the people that are leaving wolverine wolverine why because i think that this title elevated her i would agree and i want to see that continue and i know she's she's going to exterminators right yep so maybe that will continue there but I just really liked that she was on the team of teams, and yeah. I, I like what that did for her character. I mean, I'd argue that there wasn't a whole lot done for her character in terms of development and 
expanding or, or even like dialogue other than grunts and or she was a female version of Logan. But the fact that she was on the team and she was the brawler and was or, or at least one of because that's really what Rogue was used for in the few times that she was on panel. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like visibility and oh, yeah, like yeah. acknowledging her importance, yeah. I feel like it outside of like on this team, four of the seven of them already felt elevated in in that sense as far as like they they are important enough or worthy enough to be on this team. But then you have Wolverine, Sink, and Sunfire, who I felt like, you know, Sunfire, even though he has been an X-Men in the past, yep. he always just runs away and leaves. It's true. So, you know, for those characters to be on this team felt like this is the team of teams. It's a big step for them. Sure. We have a handful of people asking for our thoughts on who joins the team. And it's been something we've talked about in the past and for a little while. And I'm curious to know if we're going to find out before the gala or if we're going to get all of the the names at that day. If it's just going to be one from the vote or maybe two. I would two. love it to be actually more than one from the vote. I'd be into that. I think that would be great. <laughs> um, I think because if you're going to... Swap out the team this regularly and do something as big as having this X-Men vote, then the vote should hold more weight than just one member of the team. And especially if that one member is going to leave, you know? Right. Wolverine is the only one that has a very specific next step mm-hmm. spelled out. Rogue has something, something vaguely vague. building in the background, sure. Polaris Where's has Polaris nothing gone? established. Yeah. Sunfire has a thread, but we have no home for it. Baku Blade really enjoyed this issue and wants to know, along with a few others, who is going to be on this year's team? Maybe Wanda? Mm. Which I thought was an interesting curveball. You know, she is now in good graces of the mutant people for giving them the waiting room. But would they, would they have a non-mutant on the team? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I mean, I would love it. I would be here for it. Yeah. But I don't know that that's going to happen. She worked with Rogue on the Uncanny Avengers, mm. which was a, a mashup of Avengers and X-Men characters. Hmm. I want to see Iceman. I think that the Iceman Unlimited series has really stepped mm. him into what should be that role, and especially the uncertainty of what to do with his awesome power. You have all the things that sync is able to do to explore someone else's power in a way that they can't see in ways that he seems to judge you know even though he knows what he can do or should know at this point with when emma took over his body and essentially showed him what he could do and seeing a future version of himself as an ice wizard that could manifest golems bring back the ice wizard yeah yeah that'd be a good one Blanchina suggested that maybe those who we've seen new gala looks are the ones added to the team, which I do like some of, but am less enthused about others. Mm. Who have we seen? Havoc. Okay. Forge. Ooh. Gambit, which I feel like would be weird. Don't talk. We don't talk about Gambit. Don't talk about Gambit right now. Anybody else that immediately comes to mind of someone that you'd like to see on the roster? I mean, there's someone, but... I know it's not going to happen because she's busy in freaking space. You want Kate on the roster? I want Kate on the team. On I the want X-Men? Kate doing something of value. 
No. Um, <laughs> I, oh, let me think, let me think, let me think. What about Jubilee? Where's Jubilee? If we're bringing back old X-Men members with Iceman, like, what's Jubilee doing now? She's, well, she's going to be an Exterminators. Exterminators, right, yeah. So I, I, I would honestly, even if Exterminators is a limited series, is a miniseries, which I believe it is, I don't see anybody on that team crossing over and also being on the X-Men. Danny Moonstar? I'd be into that. Magic? Or, or magic. I, I was going to say magic, but literally we're reading a book about her having too many things on her plates. Exactly, so. right. Mm, Doug? No. <laughs> Not Doug. I'm literally I mean, looking at action figures around the room to try to help me because I haven't had a, you know, this is an on-the-fly question. And whenever I get asked something like this where there's too many answers to pick from, I'm like, oh, God, I can't think fast enough. I don't want Cable on it because I feel like he's doing good things with what's going on in X-Men Red. Yeah. I would I would like to see a villain I was, or a former villain. I was going to say Pyro and Iceman back together again. I'd like that. And then maybe that's why Jerry didn't want Firestar on the team. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. What do you all think? Who do you want on the team? There's so many mutants. I'd love for a mutant that I don't know very well to be on the team, but I know that that's like not as likely when it comes to the X-Men. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Bring back Lifeguard and Slipstream. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you don't know them. I- I've heard of Lifeguard. Yeah. Don't and know who Slipstream is. Her brother. Okay. And I was just reading through Extreme X-Men the other day for destiny's diaries purposes oh we're literally both just looking around the room and all the action figures i think i've said what i i've said the the best answers i'm going to give at this moment what about conan yeah i literally just looked at Psylocke right before you said yeah that. that'd be cool but but, but again she, a caption. she's on the marauders oh yeah oh yeah i forgot about that because yeah. i forget about that don't forget about it i was just gonna say domino but she's on x-force yeah thunderbird maybe thunderbird thunderbird would be good i just feel like he's got a further plot in x-men red two-faced colossus no (laughs) he's got his own thing going what about angel i mean he's not doing anything he's not doing anything and I don't want X-Corp to come back. No, please. No. All right. Let that simmer. I'll let it simmer. Maybe we'll have an update for you on our second episode. Mike Loves Mariah Carey says, Oh my goodness, the majority of the team is leaving. Who will join, excluding the public vote? If I were to throw someone who's in the public vote who I don't think won, I'd say Avalanche. Oh. Because I was thinking Richter. Mm. And I would love, like, I, I am pretty sure that Firestar won just by reactions and Ugh. where things were. I want M to be on the team. Yes, me too. That's why I said hopefully more than one person. Sure, right. And I just, I think having a former member of the Brotherhood would be a great step forward towards mutant unity. Mm. What about Toad? Take Toad out of the pit. No, <laughs> I don't want Toad on the X-Men. Put Sabretooth on there. What about any of those mutants that were in the pit with Sabretooth? What happened to that book? Is it over? No. Issue four is next week. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it has been a while. Bring back Apocalypse and put him on the X-Men. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Let's go. Yes. That's your answer, Mike. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Mando Mutato wants to know 
what do we think is next for the outgoing X-Men? I mean, most we've talked about have plots set up besides Polaris. Mm. Not a clear idea of where she's going. And she seems to be kind of bouncing around. There was the kind of lost waffling in X-Factor and then even the unsuredness coming into X-Men, which is why I, I was surprised that she was so immediately against staying on the team. Yeah. Maybe she's going to go to Araco and hang out with her dad. Maybe. Or maybe she's just going to melt away into the background for a little while. Potentially. Which I wouldn't love, but could happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. There's nothing that really. What did she get her degree in? Geo something. Rocks. Rocks. Yeah, I don't know. Curls was disappointed with how quickly Game World was resolved. Yeah, Curls. Felt like a filler episode. And I agree on the ending, especially the, the just rushed, almost half book on either issue. Mm-hmm. But you had this building in the background throughout the 12 issues, which gave it a nice arc. Cordyceps should have been more of a threat, in my opinion, but it just flexes the power of the X-Ladies. Yeah, but I think I can understand where Curls is coming from yeah. with what I was saying about the being like they set up these stakes and then they were like, oh, For but so it's long. not really yeah. like it's not really a threat at all. And, and they're not really in danger because Jean's got it. And that felt like that wrapped it up really quickly. Yeah. She also brought up the fact that the OG Essex has always had a diamond, right? Mm-hmm. Where's this club guy coming from? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm I, dying to know. Right. I feel like that's Who's the big that mystery. Who's that baby in that picture? <laughs> Who is that baby with the weird bubbly head? Yeah. On to Immortal X-Men? Let's do it. Tell me about that cover. I like this cover a lot. It's got the symbolism of everyone in Destiny's cape. And I do like that we're seeing older versions of the characters. You know, past versions. Some of them are kind of, eh, their costumes are always sort of the same. But specifically, well, it's kind of confusing me, actually, because Nightcrawler is like bearded new Nightcrawler, but yeah, who Kate is-, is Kitty. She's wearing her old costume. I'm pretty sure that's Oh, hope. is that Hope? Well, that makes more sense. Yeah, these are these are contemporary costumes. It's just kind of like Destiny holding all of their future and all of their fates, really mm-hmm. underscoring her importance to what's going forward. Interesting. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Are you ready? Mm. Page turn noise. Ow, the splash page. This was a preview page, and it's possibly one of my favorite pages in a while. Just the design concept, the colors, the variety of images. Mm -hmm. You got Days of Future Past. You got Dark Phoenix, Krakoa, the Brotherhood. Legion and Shadow King, the original X-Men. And a very put-together, developed 13-year-old girl. <laughs> uh, but at least, at least later on, yes. Yeah. I mean, you can only see her from behind right here, but yeah. I'm just being a jerk. It's beautiful. I had posted this morning some pages from Extreme X-Men, which talk about Destiny's Diaries and give you a little insight into some of these moments. I I think it's an underappreciated series, and I really enjoyed it while it was coming out, but it also explored a little bit of Destiny and Mystique's backstory. Oh, interesting. And their meeting. Interesting, interesting. The fact that she saw that she would lose her sight and then use this as a benefit, so she knew 
because of her mutant powers, I'm going to lose my physical ability to see. It's interesting to me in reading this that she wrote down all the things, but she also included lies. So she's the only one who really knows what the truth were. It's like a brilliant cover for anything that is in it, but hasn't come true, mm. you know, because people have read or, or looked through Destiny's Diaries. So you could say, oh, well, that was a lie or that was kind of hidden within half truths. Mm. But also to Emma's point later on, the fact that she was a brilliant 13 year old to be able to hide it in such a deceptive way. Yeah. The future was an open book to me, but to others, it must be concealed. Because some people will manipulate and abuse that power. My work was done. My work had barely begun. Now we're back in Krakoa. Destiny is having a hard time. Yeah. And these two as the team up is something I'm here for. Like, I wonder if Emma's thoughts on Destiny Mystique has shifted since Inferno. Mm. The assist without assisting play that she had had in giving the gun to them. Yeah, she seems to be very pro-Mystique, anti-Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, she's freaking beautiful in this issue. Yeah, shout out to Lucas Wernick and Dijo Lima on colors. Oh, God, I love Lucas's work. I do, too. It's really, really stepping up and deserves to be on a flagship title like this. It's so gorgeous. Everyone is so beautiful to look at. Yeah. The multitude of possibilities striking her like it had the first time. I love the format of this book. Having had this moment in the last issue connect to now the narrative focus of this issue. Mm -hmm. Just the shifting narrators from issue to issue and how it's also building a larger world picture of what's going on between the council members. What happens outside the council chamber? Well, it happens both outside and inside. Nobody trusts Charles. Nobody. But the council has to meet, and he promised we're not going to do anything big. I do like the fact that Mystique takes on the responsibility that she has to the council and to each other with destiny. Never die again without warning me. Mm. I just don't feel like that's going to be upheld by the way Destiny talks throughout this whole issue. Well, she will warn if she's going to die. Mm. Let's take it back to these 13-year-olds in a bar. I don't think I don't think Destiny is still 13 in this moment. Okay. And she would just wear the same outfit though. I guess yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But it's also likely 13 she's probably written her her books. Yeah. Okay. It's actually not the same outfit. It's just the same color. Yeah. The and other who even, outfit had sleeves. Who even knows how old Mystique is? Really? Who cares how old she is? Look how fabulous she looks. Sure. Yeah. The cowboy hat. The ruffles. It's oh, the vest. Ugh. You cosplaying this now? I don't know. Don't tempt me because I could. <laughs> Add it to the list. It's cool the way that she describes seeing the future and it reminds me of Moira living her second and third lives, mm. how she acknowledged that knowing the things that she knew would drive her crazy about her husband and not wanting to live through that same life again. So it, it's very similar to be able to see this is what my life would be if I go this route. This mm. would be my life if I went this route. Yeah, it kind of takes away all the, the joy of living. Right. Unless you find the nexus of mystique. All these men suck. 
I see my way out, and it's a blue lady. It's a beautiful blue lady. Their love story is just so beautiful. To know Mystique and to assume how hardened she is, even at this point, but to hear destiny break through to that. Mm-hmm. Whatever we want, forever. I gotta tell you, I love a murder board. You know, I love a murder board. But how is Destiny looking at this murder board? She is blind. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. <laughs> is she just... She can Sensing see, it? She can see the future of what things she picked up? Did Mystique make the murder board? And Destiny is just basking in it. Is that Krakoa as the big tree? It is that, seems like it's Is that Krakoa. Albert Einstein? It looks in the, right? like Albert Einstein. It's interesting to hear. I think that's Nightcrawler too. Where? The picture, the smaller picture to the left of Albert Einstein outside after the map. It looks like a woman if you zoom in. Oh, well, I'm on a book with my hands and not in a computer book. Zoom in with your eyes. I kind of. It's interesting to explain her powers and to really dive into how her powers work. It reminded me of Domino and that issue where they really broke down how she manipulates things and Mm. and the causality of her luck. Short term, she's spot on. Colossus is going to do this thing, but not much use in saving the world. This chaos theory, small changes make the future in flux. Life will find a way. It always does. Nexuses are the landmarks which let her navigate either away or towards these big events. An event which pulls timelines toward it. I would assume that Days of Future Past, that was a Nexus event. Mm. You know, the, the potential assassination of Senator Kelly. That makes sense. Searching for these big moments in history and trying to push the timeline away or closer to it. It's, it's cool because it level sets Moira's ability in a way. Moira, when she came out as a mutant in House of X, that changed everything. How does she know all these things? What else can she do? But now it makes, in the same way that Xavier and Magneto have always been seen as opposite sides of the same coin, you Mm -hmm. mind over matter, you now have the future over the past. Mm, That's interesting. Right. So they are a dichotomy in the same way that those two are. They're like Harry Potter and Voldemort. One cannot live while the other survives. Yep. Mystique being a nexus in and of herself to help complete destiny and make her able to do what she needed to do. For the future to happen, I had to die. Thinking about Krakoa as a limit to what she could see, if if it could save them all from the dark nexuses around it, it couldn't happen if she was alive. So she sacrificed herself. Yeah. Moira had the knowledge from her previous life. They were the things competing for what the future would hold. Right. Which is insane. Which is a Nexus event in itself. Just these connections to the past conversations that they've had, what we've seen through Inferno, it's just a perfect pickup from Hickman's run, but also threads from throughout Claremont's runs and and ex-continuity in general. My gift is a gift. Back in that council chamber, some things are coming out. The truth. I've got... Multiple qualms in this recounting of Hope getting her the helmet. Full, the full rundown of the secrets of the island. and Yes. 
So she's got all her secrets. She's she's making her case. She's telling Charles, you're the one who gave me the helmet. And, you know, Charles is very upset about this. No, I didn't. And I did no such thing. Then Sinister says, and uh, Magneto came to me asking for Destiny's DNA. I'm sorry, my friend. That was Charles Xavier who came to you. Quote, unquote. But it was really Mystique. Yeah. We all know. But that was Charles. Yeah. Magneto retrieved the Cerebro helmet. Magneto, quote, unquote. Quote, Mystique. Quote. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It was Charles. And just the the grin that he has ear to ear in every panel as he's revealing all this information that he knows is he a lie. He knew it was Mystique the whole time. He was yeah. in on it. You little butt face. I do love the point that Hope says, why don't we tell the world? Why don't we tell everyone? And even Nightcrawler agrees we yeah. are homo superior. We should be better than what came before us. Mm-hmm. But Charles is not having it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pissed. And I mean, you know... Everyone's upset with Mystique, but she's like, hello, I brought back Destiny. Isn't that okay? Can we just move past it? Yeah, I tricked a few people. Yeah. Whatever. You weren't going to bring back my wife. You told me you would and you lied. My plan B was to burn this mother down, but instead I lied to, what, three people? Yeah. That's better, right? And, And it's like, Charles, come on, man. Like, you knew something happened. Someone went behind your back in some capacity for Destiny to be alive. And you knew it was Mystique. Like, you knew that. That's old news. We had this conversation when we voted Destiny to be sitting on the council. Yeah. So why are you all up in arms about it now? Well, because it's now out in the open. Whether it was a suspicion or it wasn't even fully explored at the time where he raised that as a point in Inferno mm-hmm. where, you know, yeah, we can vote if she should be on the council, but I think we should really talk about how she's here before that. Right. And they were like, nah, no, nah, anyway. we're not worried about that. I'm glad to see it play out because it was a simmering point. Mm-hmm. The present slips away and everything rushes forward. These images equally as cool because they're all relatively new. Yo, yo. Sinister on a throne? Is that Gene and Emma by his side? With sinister versions of Gene, Emma, Wolverine, and Cyclops? Yeah. What? What? That's sinister making himself the king of Krakoa. You get a little AXE preview in the sliver next to it. Exodus just being hailed on that mountaintop and uh, magic? Yeah. Taking everybody down? Which this looks like the cover with Moira on it. In full demon form? Right. You remember that cover of, I think it was Powers of Ten, number six. Oh, yeah, where where she's she's standing standing on them all. Over all the dead X Men. You got Krakoa burning in one of them. That makes sense. What is this temple thing? Magneto Mountain? Yeah. Is that a sentinel to his left? An An apocalypse apocalypse on his right? Yeah. Phoenix is back. Is that what that bottom one is? Bottom right? Yeah. That's definitely Gene as the Phoenix. All these futures be looking pretty grim. Pretty great if you ask me. (laughs) Oh, we finally made it to our title page. Halfway through the issue. Write what you know, but know everything. Part three, the new testament of Irene Adler. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Lucas Wernick. Color up by Dijo Lima. Letters, Clayton Coles. Again, Clayton. Clayton, two. Clayton Cole. The two big ones. Interesting 
interesting point in the summary about how this new opening up is a result to of actions done by Sinister, especially interesting in contrast to how he plays into Stasis and then Orcus. Yes. It's a sinister week up in here. Yeah. Okay, this page just this gave me uh stress. <laughs> this is a murder board. They gave you a murder board. They gave me a murder board. It's All like the- kind of more like a cloud line than a timeline. And there are certain things in here that I I don't love. All the titles you didn't know you wanted. Screw the Moira book. Give me a destiny book that just one issue explores each one of these. The Empire of the Red Diamond. The Storm System. Yep. Ready for that. Ready for that one. The I'll Broken take it. Sword. That's clearly magic. what happened with magic. Cassandra Supernova. Yes. The Gene Corsairs. I just love that <laughs> as a name for Sinister. The Dominion of Orcus. Not cool. I mean, cool in theory. Yeah, yeah. There's multiple Nimrod extinction events. Makes so sense. Makes sense. That's concerning. Judgment Day's in there, and so here's the thing. We as readers know Judgment Day is happening. Right. So does that tell us that this this Judgment Day is going to lead to one of these, to a new Krakoa, a Nimrod extinction event, the Broken Sword, or the Empire of the Red Diamond? Potential. And then the Empire of the Red Diamond leads to the Storm System. So what I get from that is um, Sinister thinks he's cool and in charge, and Storm says, goodbye. Yeah. Comes, done. comes down with a Rocco. Mm-hmm. The way that her visions end in darkness now and what we find causes it. Trying to figure out why she can't see anything beyond certain points. Which is so interesting to me. I really want to know what it is. What? What's What's blocking her vision? Oh, you don't know? Am I supposed to? Sinister. Oh, because he keeps changing it up. Right. Because, right, he because keeps he, on... she figures that out in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Onto the expanse, the furthest reaching point that we see. This is uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> the meat ship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is, it's ridiculous. It's ingenious, the fact that the Gene Corsair has done, so Corsair means pirate, and that's just a perfect name. Oh. Yeah. So Cyclops' dad's name means pirate? And as like a literal sense, yes. But I was. Just... But also, Corsair is not his name. His name's Christopher. Corsair is like his title, or okay, well, his is not mutant. Mutant. I name. didn't know his name was Christopher. I never heard anybody call him that. So I thought that's why we had a bunch of Corsair meat son <laughs> the <laughs> ship, and I was like, "Wow, you really hate that guy, huh?" Nathan Christopher Charles Summers. Got it. Also, like I remember all of his names. Ascani son. Great. That's another one. <laughs> baby Cable, Baby Nathan, yeah. Old Man Cable. Exodus, we got you and we've made you a hell to burn in. Oof. I mean, let's talk about the meat ship, though. <laughs> so he's taken, he's cloned Shaw meat and made batteries to protect his ship. So essentially taking Shaw's mutant power and manipulating it to create a super shield. But couldn't you do that in some other way? Like, this doesn't give you Banshee bodysuit vibes? You're not grossed out by this? No. I don't know if it's because it doesn't look human. I'm grossed out by it. Sure. That's like somebody's insides just draped it, all it, over your ship. It's it's multiple someones. It is like several cloned versions of Shaw's 
gutted and then spread around this ship. Yuck. You getting so upset. Yeah. Yeah. Blanchina pointed out the tiny person on Exodus's shoulder, which I did not see. Ooh. Is that destiny? We have no idea. I suggested hope, amping mm. up the ability of Exodus to be doing what he's doing and also just a next level of their relationship and how that could lead. Interesting. I love it when people find tiny details. Good job, Blunt China. Yeah. A failsafe to burn this dumb timeline. She knows it's him, but how? As if his death triggered the destruction of the timeline. But only Moira's gift can do that. Ding, 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 ding. Nathaniel has cloned Moira. And she sits right up in her seat. Right. No longer struggling with all the overwhelming futures. Because she knows what's the cause of it. And the intertwined nature of their paths, as was established in Immortal X-Men number one. We're back in the council room. My favorite council panel of the book. Was that Kate? Yes. Well, wow. before Chuck. Be- before... Terrorist mystique, desperate times, especially with how Xavier and Magneto were manipulating her to do these missions for them and and not delivering on the promise. Yes. But yeah, go off. Uh, That's some real Professor Xavier's jerk energy you're throwing out there. And for him to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sick of you all criticizing me. I like, dude, you deserve to be criticized. I'm half and half on it. Like. I get what Xavier is saying. You have the possibility to do whatever you want with this future. You don't like how we got here, but we got here. We would not have gotten here otherwise. Why are you still defending Moira's recommendation of keeping Destiny dead, though? That's odd to me. I get him kind of being frustrated with the fact that you you keep on throwing, yeah, I messed up. And he has not admitted that. That's the problem. Sure. If he had admitted that, if he had said, okay you know what, we shouldn't have keeping this hidden from you, whatever. But instead, he's like, I'm right, I'm always right. Nah, I don't I don't get an I'm right, I'm always right. It's basically the future is in your hands. You can do whatever you want with it. I'm, I'm not the dictator, which is eh, questionable in the first half of the Krakoan era. It's not a subversion of our government if it's, it's a workaround to your particular rule that was inspired by Moira's ri- wishes. Mm-hmm. Those were her needs and by virtue, your needs. The reasons why you kept Destiny dead. Right. A war is coming from off panel. What an entrance. What an entrance. Hey, all. AXE is coming. Not sure if you've seen solicits, but. There's a war coming. A couple weeks out, there's a war coming. If you actually care about Krakoa, thank Mystique for bringing me back. And so that I have the vision added to your side so we may be ready for the coming destruction. Mike, drop. And I love it. I love it the way she says, and everyone else should curse those who kept me from you for their petty needs. Right. It's just, yeah, it's nice. And that's the thing. It's like, it wasn't necessarily his needs, but it was Moira's wishes that he internalized as his own. But he kept it going because he felt he couldn't let everybody know what was going on with Grokawa. Like he didn't even trust the council with that information. And I think that's why the council is so upset. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's a false government. It's a sham government you assembled. Yeah. I do appreciate the, uh, you know, the Hellfire contingent questioning and saying, okay, but like, how how much more of this just 
aimlessly believing what everybody tells us do we have to do? Like, right. No, we, you should share this information with us. We should read your mind. No, I don't trust any of you creeping in my brain. P.S. Emma just was in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Just lightly. Exodus, the faith in the mutant people starting to cause the dominoes to fall. This shot of Sinister in the bottom panel mm. mirrors a shot of Sinister leaving the chamber in issue one of Immortal X-Men. Oh. Almost exactly. Interesting. Where she's looking at him. Yeah. And Mystique he's like, why is, in, is she looking at me? Mystique is in the shot as well in issue one. But just the fact that it, it's the same half turn of Sinister, the same look of Destiny staring at him. It's interesting just balancing the knowledge that she has with the power that he has. Not mm. trying to play her hand too soon. Yeah, because I wonder, right? Like, because in that instance, he went back and he reset the timeline, right? And that's how he, we... He did not. He did not. He thought about it, but he didn't. So right? I that's wonder... Why, that's why Celine played out. Mm. So she didn't know at that point, but she knows now. Right. She just figured out because of this prophecy. But he was being paranoid before. Because she was staring straight through him. Mm-hmm. Back at home. Oh, these panels are so beautiful. No time to sleep. I've got a book to write. These lovebirds. I wasn't talking about sleeping, you fool. No. Write later. Get over here. I don't care if they're the murder ladies. I love them. Oh, they're so beautiful together. Book of Destiny, part 14. No peeking. Only read it when you have to, and you'll never get to. Oh. I had to go back. I went back and looked when she said, did you notice... Raven isn't in any of them. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It's such an emotional end beat with Destiny writing, crying. She sees the future that Raven is destined to die in every one of the futures. Which is like crazy in a world of resurrection. Right. Like, what does that mean? And you're not going to tell me that... You're going to just be like, yeah, we have this world where we resurrect people, but we're going to kill Mystique forever? Maybe it has something to do with judgment. Forever, ever? Hey, I don't... They wouldn't do that anytime soon if they're going to do that. And especially, is that permanently foretold? Or is that just some possibilities? Especially if they're able to stop Sinister, how does that change what happens in the future? These are all great questions. The White Queen is next. On to the Hellfire Gala. These two issues specifically have me hyped for the gala mm -hmm. and what's coming into it. Like, don't get me wrong. Arako was a great reveal. Hellfire Gala year one. Mm -hmm. but, but it was a big one note. You know, that was the entire gala was prepping for and reacting to Planet Size X-Men. Yes. This has so much energy coming into a short window of time. We have one issue. One big issue, though. What do you think of this big issue, though? I thought it was crazy. I thought it was crazy. Yeah. I love that we have confirmation that Destiny knows what's going on, that someone's on to Sinister. I like the dynamic of the tension that's building in the council room. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, you know, knowing that Judgment Day is coming, that the that Krakoa itself is not like, it's not in its most stable place when no. it's about to go to war with other people, Everyone. you know, like that's, it's obviously concerning, but also makes for a really exciting and interesting story. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Such a big and weaving story in a very unique way. It's unlike any of the other books. There's just so much happening within each of the council members that we've explored so far and a ton of connection points between them that make it feel like this big world story affecting all of Krakoa Mm -hmm. and all of the Marvel Universe, potentially, especially with Sinister as the big bad within the team. I love the art. I love the politics, the character development. It's all so much better than I was expecting from a book about the council because of how much back and forth there is between the members themselves. The fact that this unruly council is supposed to be the guiding light for the nation. Yeah. And just that they're, you know, every time we see them now, they're just arguing with each other. Yeah. They can't agree on anything. And they don't even know that Colossus is a Russian mole. Yeah. They don't even know. Questions? Should Mystique face consequences for her actions in bringing back Destiny? No. Not at all? None. I agree. Next question, (laughs) I I guess. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, all right. Next question. (laughs) A.M. Friedrich is happy to see Destiny's diaries becoming a thing again. And I agree. That's a huge thing. That is just, it was peppered into an issue of X-Men, X-Men number 20, Mm -hmm. as Moira was sitting there reading it, which may influence her decisions and and views of the future right and that's interesting too because not all of it is true right the lies so here's my question the the title that you were reading in preparation for this in any previous um, iterations of destiny's diaries do you actually read any of the content or you just are reading like how they are created i think there is and i don't have this on full recall but i think there is things passages from the books that are explored got it but you don't like sit and read the books and what's inside is not fully known there's this guy vargas he's searching for them all got it cool 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 it's a really cool series i i really liked it and i have all of it in case you're wondering maybe mike loves mariah carey wants to know which of destiny's visions do you want to see becoming true fingers crossed for that magic vision I mean, I, I love magic and getting demony, but I don't really know that I want her to kill all the X-Men. Sure, right. I'd be into seeing the evil Sinister crew. I honestly would be into seeing all of these. And I think that that's what I was saying about this future murder map of what could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, yeah, they're all they're all listed on there. Yeah. I'm just curious about this statue, Magneto, Apocalypse, and a sentinel, it seems. Yeah. It looks like a sentinel head. BMCG2 is liking Lucas's art more and more. And I would agree. I, I said it before. I think he absolutely deserves his spot on a flagship title. Also, it's just really great to see how much he's blown up over the last year or so. Yeah. He, I think he was a fill-in artist on an issue that like Jerry even talked about in an interview where he knew or he saw... And then he looked him up and he had a, a Marvel page rate. So he had to have done work with Marvel previously. But then now, especially with Trial of Magneto and then with Immortal X-Men, he has blown up into the X-Men world. I mean, I I love his art. I like especially love the way that he draws the characters. They have this really realistic but yet still comic look to them. Yeah. And I just think he makes all the women so beautiful. Like, I want to be them more than I already do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Curl said that Immortal X-Men is the best book. The story is so compelling through Destiny's Gift. Mm, I would agree. Yeah, which is why I always am reticent when everybody's like, oh, X-Men Red is the best book. I, I just These two are top tier. Yeah, both they're, they're kind of neck and neck for me. And they're telling very different stories mm-hmm. and especially different stories in scope. You know, they're, they're both council books, essentially. One of Arako, one of Krakoa. Mm. But the interplay of the Krakoan side and what they are doing against each other. It's interesting, too, because Immortal X-Men is very internal to the council and X-Men Red is very much how the outside, how what's happening outside the council is affecting, you know, like everything that's happening with Brand is happening outside the Iraq, the Iraqi Council. Yeah. But everything that's going on in Immortal X-Men is all happening inside the council, essentially. Yeah. The Pikachu is wondering if we think the reason Destiny has been so focused on Rogue is so she can save Mystique. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe that's why she doesn't want Rogue to focus on other things. Yes. Yeah, stop. Stop playing around. With Gambit, stop playing around with the X-Men. You belong by my side for the future. Or maybe she knows that she won't have Mystique, so she wants to rely on to Rogue. Rely on Rogue. Hmm. Rogue is her replacement replacement Nexus, you know, in in support. So to speak, not yeah, necessarily yeah. actually a Nexus. Warline Comics pointed out the one true weird thing in this era mystique loving someone who's not her especially when she kind of hated her kids i would i would argue she's always cared deeply about destiny Mm -hmm. from the few interactions that we've seen with them together before irene died 100 she hates great and creed wouldn't you (laughs) it's like a constant reminder of a dark however many nights stand with saber tooth (laughs) like i'm sure he's a freak but gross gross Nightcrawler's fate is like the bad decision you made and regret in your early 20s. You know, I threw a baby in the waterfall. Oh, gosh. My bad. We now work together. It's weird. It's awkward. I feel like she kind of cares about Rogue, though. Oh, no, no. She definitely cares about Rogue. But she's also manipulated Rogue and and played against her. And, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So Destiny is the only one that she cares about, like. Explicitly. Like, really. Loves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Would never do anything to harm or would never manipulate. Vaderino wants to know, which of the possible futures Destiny lists off would you most want to see in a miniseries? So like the murder board map, different from the visions we saw. Oh, the murder board map miniseries. All right, let's see. It's the storm system, I think. Yeah, storm system. Immediately. But also the reign of A. Or ah, the reign of apocalypse. I feel like we're kind of already seeing Cassandra Supernova, but... Follow that thread. Mm. I don't know what Canticle for Talia is, so I I, I don't know. And I don't want AVX 6. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. What is immolation? Immolate is to kill or offer as a sacrifice, especially by burning. Oh, geez. LV Duart said that Immortal X-Men is too good. It's like everybody on the Quiet Council is in the dark on something crucial for Krakoa's survival. And the worst part is that some of the secrecy is vital, like why Destiny is holding on all the Sinister secrets or with the future of Mystique. Now, with Sinister, I think that's a delicate game. Mm -hmm. 
She just found out and needs to strategize a plan to take him out before he can reset things. And at the same time, if he does reset things, she would potentially lose that information. Yeah, so she has to be careful. Maybe she already has in a previous iteration of this. Mm, I wonder if that would come into play. Like, if there's knowledge that she has, right, because she doesn't see the past. She only sees the future. But it's just interesting. In relation to Moira. Right, like, it's just interesting. Her power specifically in the situation of continuously being reset, like, is there some way that that information floods back to her or something? Yeah, I don't know. It feels like it wouldn't, but, like, also... Well, what I'm saying about Moira, the fact that I know you now. If I know you exist or what you're trying to do, then I will see what you've tried to do previously. Right. So I think maybe there's precedent to believe that it could. Mm. He asked, do we think she'll find a way to keep Mystique alive? I mean, I don't know because I feel like Destiny, the thing about her is that she can see the things, but she's very clear on not messing with them intentionally. Like she doesn't use them to her advantage. She doesn't twist them. She doesn't necessarily try to change them. She sort of says, you know, she's very ghost of Christmas future. These Mm. are the things, you know, that may be, but she doesn't ever really toy with them. Or twist them to be the outcome that she wants. Well, as we've talked about in this issue, she pushes towards these nexuses, mm-hmm. right? These things that have the most impact. Like these small potatoes, don't worry about them. They're not going to affect you long term. What I want and what I'm looking at is the big turning point events that I want to lead the timeline towards. Yeah, but 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 the timeline towards. Like she not is not personal. doing it for personal use. And, and so I feel like same... that's where... It wouldn't, she wouldn't be doing it just to to keep Mystique alive unless somehow keeping Mystique alive saved everyone. Right. Which I do like your point of needing support from someone else Mm -hmm. in Rogue in the same way that she sacrificed herself because it would lead to Krakoa. It seems as though she is prepared for the dark future ahead where Mystique might not be there. Yeah. That's all our questions. Whoa. What a week of comics. And we're only halfway through. Yeah, we'll have another episode up this weekend talking about Knights of X, New Mutants, some of the Pride stories, including the finale of Iceman. But just so you're on your toes, next week we have Woo-hoo. the excellent number four. Oh, God. You were liking it on number yep, three. Yep, <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it a It's going to be great. Yes, the excellent. Wolverine Let's... patch number three. Okay. X-Force number 29. Mm-hmm. Sabretooth number four. Oh, yeah, it's back. X-Men Red number four. Oh, God, yeah. We got it so soon. Yeah. Another big week, though. Yeah. And we'll probably do, like, light reviews on the excellent and patch mm. and dive deep on X-Force, Sabretooth, and X-Men Red. Well, then, until next time, old friend. That's some big Charles Xavier is a jerk energy, my friend. Mm-hmm. thanks so much for joining us today on the ex-wife podcast be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends the ex-wife podcast is produced in providence rhode island by alicia and justin our music is by Quan. <laughs>